Hey, this is DK and you're listening to the DK Speaks podcast where we discuss actionable and implementable tips and tricks to run a successful online business. After you listen to this episode, head over to dkspeaks.com for all the show notes and resources to help build your business. Hi, this is DK and welcome to episode 33 of the DK Speaks podcast. Customer memory is short-lived and they forget the last store or website that they had visited pretty soon. And this is particularly true in case of a customer who is just browsing around and is probably not ready to buy something. And with so many websites on the internet, so many competitors on the internet, they just forget the last website that they were on where they saw something a product that they intended to buy. In fact, almost 70% of the overall internet traffic belongs to the category where people are just browsing around and is probably not in a frame of mind to buy something. Imagine the last time you were browsing around on Facebook with a concrete thought about something that you wanted to buy. Or maybe you took to Google and searched for a specific product that you were planning to buy. If you really knew what you wanted to buy, your first approach would be to go to Amazon or, you know, one of these online stores uh, where you frequent and you buy it. You can just buy it from there. Why would you even be browsing around? So somebody who is browsing around is not in a frame of mind to buy something. And while he's browsing around, he just stumbles upon something that he thinks is something that he needs. And that is where that buying intention gets into the mind of an online visitor. Now, for every online marketer like you and me who doesn't own one of these big e-commerce stores, this essentially means that we are catering to these people who are just browsing around without a real intention to buy something. And our objective with whatever we are doing in order to make money on the internet is to pitch the right products to them and at the right time. But when we do that, we need to keep in mind that these visitors might just not be ready to buy it immediately and that we might need to knock them maybe a couple of times before they are actually ready to go and buy it. So the question is, how do you reach out to a visitor who just browsed away from your website? And the answer? is very simple by capturing their email address and that is precisely what we are going to discuss in today's episode in today's episode we're going to discuss about a few factors that you need to keep in mind in order to improve your opt-in form conversions now opt-in forms were probably one of the biggest discoveries in internet marketing and after someone developed the lightbox pop-ups you started seeing them all over the internet, pretty much on every other website. And it was for a reason, because lightbox pop-ups plainly worked. And visitors preferred entering their name and email address into the opt-in forms on these pop-ups. But gradually, with some abuse, just as it is with a lot of the other things on the internet, these lightbox pop-ups also started losing its effectivity. And then came a lot of these tweaking and 
adjusting in order to get better conversion rates because the conversion rates started falling. But whatever the situation is, opt-in forms work even today. And if you know when and where to trigger it, then it can be extremely effective. So let's look at some of these factors that might be impacting your overall conversion and how you could better your overall opt-in form conversions. The first one, the link bait. Basically, a link bait is something that you're offering for free in order for your visitor to enter their email address, the name and email address into an opt-in form. So it is basically a bait that you're offering in order to induce your visitor to go and submit or go and give you their email address. It can be a free report, a video or any good information. You could even offer a selected set of informative blog posts that you put in the form of a report or a course you know, in return for somebody submitting their email address on your opt-in form. You can look at Pinch of Yum where this is something that they offer. They offer you a collection of the best recipes from Pinch of Yum. And you could do that pretty much with any other website. And it's a very nice bait for somebody to let go of their email address because they know that they're going to get the absolutely best content from the website or from the blog that they are on. But some things that you need to keep in mind is that it should be relevant to your website. So if you have a website or a blog in maybe the guitar niche, how to play a guitar, and you're going to offer them something, maybe a course that teaches them how to play a piano, it is not going to work. Because you need your link bait has to be relevant to your website because the visitors on your website have come there with a certain objective and what you're trying to do is you're trying to cater to that objective. So it is important that it is relevant to your website. It has to be informative and it has to be worth entering an email address. So keep in mind that this is one of the biggest and the most important factors in ensuring that your opt-in rate conversions are good. Second, which is pop-up form frequency. Now, you know, you could trigger a pop-up form to show up maybe every time a visitor comes to your blog or to your website or maybe after a specific duration or even maybe when they, they're planning to exit your blog. Keep in mind that opt-in forms can be extremely obtrusive and disturbing. Popping it open right in front of your visitor's face as soon as they land on your blog could be a deal breaker. And keep in mind that also, if it just keeps popping up on every other page in spite of the visitor crossing it off, this could also end up in losing the visitor forever. So it is important that you understand the need of the visitor and trigger the form to show up in such a way. Now, these are some other tips that you might want to keep in mind. Don't trigger the pop-up form every other second in front of your visitor's face. Set it up in such a way that you know once they close the pop-up form it is only triggered maybe after the next couple of visits or maybe after a couple of days so it is important that you don't keep bugging your visitor with the with that pop-up opt-in form because then he might just get upset with what he's seeing and he might just browse away so ensure that you're setting the frequency of the the pop-up form appearing on your blog the right way so that 
you know it, it doesn't lead to your visitors browsing off from your website third one a b testing your opt-in forms now it is an important aspect of ensuring that your conversions from your opt-in forms are good it is important that you test your opt-in forms an opt-in form has different elements like for example the button there will be some benefits that you'll be throwing in there there will be a headline that will be there there will be some text boxes so there are a lot of these things and all of these different elements can be placed in a lot of different forms so it is important that you test out these different elements on the form to see which one works the best you can start with maybe changing one such aspect and see which of these two forms works well then pick the winning one and change another aspect in that and then see which of them works well so you need to continuously a b test your opt-in forms to find the one that converts the best and once you have the best converting opt-in form you can just stick with it so that your conversions are good moving on to the fourth one which is the type of opt-in form that you're using on your website now there are a lot of different opt-in forms like for example the lightbox opt-ins the sidebar opt-in forms the welcome mat the in post opt-in forms slide-ins the top bar exit opt-ins so there are a variety of opt-in forms now lightbox opt-in forms and exit opt-ins have seen the best conversion but at the same time welcome mat is also doing really well these days and there are a lot of websites that are using it you might see that on problogger.net where darren rouse uses the welcome mat pop-up uh, pop opt-in and you will also see that on neil patel's blog which is neilpatel.com where again he uses a welcome mat so the welcome mat is being used a lot by a lot of these uh, high traffic uh, bloggers because it is seen to convert well exit opt-ins have always done well because you know the visitor is just about to exit your blog and you're going to present them with something that is going to induce them to enter their email address into the opt-in form and keep in mind that the conversions of an exit opt-ins will be good only if the offer is good your offer has to be such that somebody is induced to go and enter their email address in the opt-in form so my advice here will be to try out lightbox opt-ins which is a must if you're running a blog use welcome mat and use in post opt-in forms along with an exit opt-in form these are the ones that convert the best and these are the ones that i recommend that you use on your blogs and your websites moving on to the next one which is the opt-in form placements now the default tendency is to show a lightbox pop-up and a sidebar opt-in form when it comes to placement these two are something that you might you will see in pretty much every other website but you could place it on your post on your pages and some other people even place it just above the fold on the home page which is also seen a good conversion uh, when it comes to opt-in forms but i don't prefer doing that especially if you have a welcome mat in place because you're showing an opt-in form to your visitor who's just landed on your blog by showing them the welcome mat after that if you already have a sidebar opt-in form then there is no need for an opt-in form on the home page just above the fold rather you could use your best content there because that will give you that that will catch the attention of your visitors and make them stay on your blog you can also place 
these in specific posts and this have seen to be really well but then this needs a very specific strategy now we call it the content upgrade because you know these opt-in forms that are placed inside a post is relevant to that specific post that a visitor is reading for example if you've written a post maybe on uh, facebook marketing and you have a content upgrade in your post inside your post where you are asking your visitors to enter their email address in return for a maybe five step facebook ad strategy or even maybe five facebook ads that have uh, really shown good conversions now these are some things that tie into the content that the visitors are reading and it is basically an upgrade to the content that they are reading and that is primarily why it is called as content upgrades and content upgrades do really well and if you can plan your strategy really well uh, while placing these opt-in forms in your uh, blog posts then this can do extremely well and the conversions can be extremely good moving on to the next one which is single step opt-in versus two step opt-in forms now a single step opt-in form is where you see a text box to enter a name and email address followed by a button and you enter these information in there and click on the submit button and that is how you opt in to the specific offer whereas a two-step opt-in form is where you see uh, an offer along with a button there is no text box you click on the button and then a pop-up opens where you need to enter your email address and your name and click the submit button and then you get the offer that you just opted in for now between these two type of opt-in forms the two-step opt-in form is seen to convert really well because it plays on the psychology of the visitor now you induce the visitor to click on a button to get some additional information which he happily does and when he does that it is at that point that he's made aware of the fact that he needs to enter his email address now since his first tendency was to go and take an action by clicking on that button his natural tendency natural second step that he's going to do is to go and enter those email address and that name in the text box and opt in there so two-step opt-in forms have seen extremely good conversions and uh, you know it, it's a tested it's a proven formula so it is better if you can use two-step opt-in forms but then again you need to be very cautious about where you're using it you don't want to use it in a place where it just doesn't compel the visitor enough to go and click on that button so it is important that you plan your strategy before you actually go and place that two-step opt-in form the next thing is that you need to pick an opt-in form builder whose code is not too heavy so that it doesn't impact the overall load times of your website now a lot of these opt-in forms use a lot of javascript on it and these javascripts can be extremely heavy because they keep loading when your website is loading when somebody is loading your website and that delays the overall load times and it can impact your page load time adversely so you need to select a plugin that has a lighter code and that doesn't uh, slow the load time of your website the next one is the call to action now it is important that you need to have a strong call to action you might have sold your visitor to opt into something you might have shown in the benefits the headline is kind of very attractive but just because there is no call to action 
the visitor might just browse away because you're not asking him to take an action there. You're not asking him or you're not telling him what is the next step that he needs to follow. So it is important that you have a strong call to action. It could be a simple call to action like, for example, enter your name and email address below to get hold of the report. That could also be a very nice call to action. But it is important that you have a call to action. Similarly, is the case with the submit button. You need to play around with the submit button. Don't just use a plain submit button in there because the submit buttons also play a very important role in the conversions of, of your opt-in forms. So play around with different colors, text options, placements, and do all of this and find the one that converts the best. And all of these factors actually affects the conversion rate of your opt-in forms. But at the same time, keep in mind that when you're doing all of this, it is also important that you ensure that you're delivering the freebie that you've promised your visitor in return for entering the email address in the opt-in form. And that in itself is a complete uh, strategy and a plan that you need to put together so that your visitors are, don't get bored with the content that you're sending them in their emails, in your emails. And uh, they stick to you and the, they don't unsubscribe from your email list. And in order to do all of this, you will need an autoresponder. And we recommend Aweber because it's easy working with Aweber. And there are a lot of features that you can use which will help you uh, deliver your freebie to your users, to your visitors, and also build a relationship with your visitors using uh, you know, some of these handy features that Aweber has. You can check out the campaigns feature from Aweber, which again is a very nice automation feature that has been added to Aweber. So I hope you liked this episode. And if you liked it, don't forget to share it with your social media circles and your friends. Do take some time out to post a genuine review for the show. And don't forget to rate the show here on iTunes because that helps in the rankings of the show and will also help people find the show. People who are looking for similar information find the show. So that's it on today's episode. If you have any questions, please post your questions at dkspeaks.com. You'll find all the show notes, resources and transcripts at dkspeaks.com. Go ahead, send me your questions and I will respond to all of your emails. And I'll take up those questions in some of our future episodes at the DK Speaks podcast. So that's it. See you again in the next episode of the DK Speaks podcast. Until then, you all have a nice week ahead. Okay.